Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue with our study of the book of Ephesians. Consider some of the background so that when we get to the passage in Ephesians, it will be abundantly clear. Jesus' final post-resurrection appearance is recorded in Acts chapter 1. He told the apostles not to leave Jerusalem until a certain spectacular promise was fulfilled. Please follow along with Pastor Jim as he discusses the fulfillment of that promise and its subsequent benefits in today's slice of this week's message entitled, You Have Been Brought Near. Well, now come with me back to our studies in the book of Ephesians. We have made it into chapter 2. We finished the first 10 verses, and today we're going to start into a section of Ephesians that uh, actually it was not on my mind when I chose to study Ephesians. But once I did, I thought, oh, this is great for the time in which we live. And so the rest of chapter 2, you'll see what I'm alluding to there. But as we begin to look into this, I'll I'll tell you in advance, it's going to be about 95% introduction. And then um, I'll read the three verses that are printed in your bulletin as our text for this morning. But I hope you'll see why, and I hope it will help help us grasp even better. Now, indulge me in a bit of musing before we begin. I've been preaching for over four decades now, and I have been teaching preaching for a couple of decades now, even teaching uh, mainly, actually, in in Russia. And I have some standards for preaching. Among those are that any expository sermon, in other words, not just stating your opinion or doing a a study, pulling verses together on a theme, but when you're teaching through what the Bible says systematically, like we do most of the time here, any sermon that deals honestly and objectively with the text should stand up to two tests. One is, could I preach this same message in a different country and a different culture? And number two, could I preach this same sermon five or ten or twenty years from now without having to change it? Now, I know there are things that change. There are idiomatic expressions, things that, that come and go, and you would, might want to change things like that. Uh, there may be passing references to current events like If you were going to preach this sermon again, you probably wouldn't mention Independence Day, and I'm not going to, but it is Independence Day. So stuff like that, that that changes. But the changing or the unchanging word of our unchanging God should always be proclaimed according to the intent of the eternal heavenly Father, just as it was written down through the temporal human author. The meaning never changes. 
Now, I make myself face that cross-cultural test. You know, I've been to Russia there 23 times now or 22 times, and I've preached at least a few times each of those trips. And uh, it's always interesting editing a sermon for, for Russia. The problem is I only get to preach half of one because of the interrupter that I have to wait for. Um, but the content is the issue. And it's a worthy bit of self-examination. And it's a, it's a test of your hermeneutics that you make sure you get it right. On the matter of timelessness, I enjoy putting myself to that test right now while we're studying Ephesians. I preached through this book for the first time over four decades ago. It was right when I, right after I became um, uh, the pastor or the preaching pastor, whatever you want to say. And then I had a privilege to do it again in a different setting about 10 years later. Then after several more years in the midst of uh, planting some churches... I got to preach through the second half of Ephesians again. Somebody else preached the, the, the first half, and we were working as a team. So that means I've been able to exegete Ephesians, study it from the Greek in depth, and then uh, review that exegetical work 10 years later, 15 years later. And um, I trust, to put it into words at all times, that are intelligible and practical, and I've been able to do that several times. And it is a blessing to me to realize, because it's God's Word, I don't have to change anything. Now, I've grown, uh, frankly. I've gotten better at preaching. Just think about how, how bad I used to be. It, it just, it, you get better at knowing how to communicate. You get better at, at, at framing things. I'm a better author than I was then. Therefore, I'm a better speaker than I was then. This is an unchanging word. Now, through a a chapter and a half of Ephesians, as I've worked through this, I want to tell you, I haven't changed anything except to improve the precision and the delivery of those sermons that I wrote to 15 years ago, 20 years ago, 40 years ago, and occasionally to, to, to dig a little bit deeper, maybe to update a few passing references. And as a matter of fact, I'm, I'm having somebody uh, transcribe sermons from before I had them electronically uh, saved so that I can actually put them on the screen and, and hear myself from a different millennium teaching this same book. And it's been a blessing to go over it again and again. Now, it's not that what changes ever is what the passage means. That never changes, but to confirm that meaning, and then to think about how can I help my brothers and sisters apply this the best now? That's the joy of it all. Now, what has changed and has changed drastically is the mindset of the culture in which we live, the culture in which we have to apply what is taught here. I don't know if you've noticed, but... um, There are some attitudes running pretty hot in our world these days, in our society, and not just in America, and they are affecting churches as never before with messages that divide people, and especially the the subject is racism. We'll get to that uh, in due time as we see our text in chapter 2. 
It's our job as Christians to understand the times in which we live. And that takes a little bit of work these days. But then we also have to offer up solid answers which appropriately apply the gospel to the times in which we live. So without changing anything from what I've long known to be the meaning of the remainder of Ephesians 2, I am going to endeavor to help you apply it in fresh ways, ways that are needed in order to equip you to stand firm in the faith in a tumultuous time and to not be unnerved, to not be knocked off balance. It's as if I got several practice runs through this passage to make sure I know what it means in order to be able to apply it to a time that is, well, unprecedented in our country. Now, our danger in studying this passage is not so much to misunderstand it. It isn't really all that hard. But our danger is to fail to comprehend just how amazing the truth is that is taught here. Now, think of some of the conflicts you're aware of. Think of tensions like the conflict between Jew and Arab and Palestinian in the Middle East. It's been going on my lifetime. Or think of, uh, think of black and white in South Africa. Or one that I saw firsthand, Watts in Los Angeles, South Los Angeles in 1966 when a whole neighborhood was burned. Or Alabama almost anywhere in the, almost any time in the 50s and, and 60s. Think of the tension between the North and the South at the time of our Civil War in 1861. Imagine the tension between Jew and Nazi in Germany in the 1940s. That's on the order of magnitude of the tension that mounted for centuries between Jews and Gentiles. And this passage has the answer to facing something like that. Now, much of the same attitudes that have torn so many portions of society apart. They're tearing right now at the fiber of our society these days. Only the names of the groups change. The fundamental beliefs are being shredded around us as words are being redefined with profoundly different meanings. And you're being forced to take sides in a lot of ways. Now, try to imagine that all of a sudden, all of the tension is broken, and now everyone on both sides of one of those conflicts is supposed to have feelings that have been built up with all that tension for all of those years just reversed, okay? The reality of Jew and Gentile being one in the body of Christ is that big of a deal. It is an enormous reversal of things. Now, it took time for this amazing truth to take root, but it did, and it is astounding. You're going to learn that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the only thing that can resolve such strife in a way that actually solves the root problem and truly brings people together in ways that they never imagined possible after lifetimes of strife and antipathy and factions and feuding. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.